0: CHAPTER Twenty Four OF OSCAR WILDE AND MYSELF BY LORD ALFRED DOUGLAS. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN CROSSLAND AND THE FIRST STONE TO BE PROPERLY UNDERSTOOD IN THIS WORLD IS BEYOND HUMAN EXPECTATION. THAT MY RELATIONS WITH WILDE HAVE BEEN MISUNDERSTOOD, THIS NARRATIVE BEARS WITNESS pretty well everything i have done or said with respect to him has been misconstrued or misrepresented and of course it was not a matter of surprise to me to find that when crossland published the first stone some devotees took it for granted that i had suborned him to do it their rage knew no bounds on the appearance of the book half the editors in london were besieged with letters from adherents of wilde whose identity was and is entirely unknown to me abusing crossland and explaining that it was well known that i had instigated him to write the work and paid for the publication so far as i am aware none of these letters was printed and when the writers of them found that they could not get the publicity they required they took to sending copies of them to crossland and myself ultimately somebody went to the length of printing a pamphlet in which both of us were accused of all sorts of vileness this pamphlet appeared without the name of its author and without the name or address of the printer and publisher those responsible for it lacked the courage of their opinions but they had pluck enough to post it out under cover and to say that copies of it could be obtained at some address in chelsea i had inquiries made at the address given and found that it consisted of a block of flats but that there was nobody there who would admit any knowledge of the matter the pamphlet was called the writing on the floor but nobody who lived on any of the floors of these flats from the basement upwards would own to the slightest connection with it i mention these facts not because i attach any importance to the pamphlet but because they show to what extraordinary courses my enemies will have resort when their malice gets the better of them they indicate too that there is no limit to the resources of these people the difficulties of obtaining a printer whether in london or the provinces for such statements as were contained in the writing on the floor must have been well nigh insuperable no printer who can read could in ordinary circumstances have been procured to produce such a pamphlet even without his imprimatur, on any terms whatever he would know full well that the risks were too great more crass and abominable criminal libels were never put into type the thing could only have been printed either abroad or at a private press and from the character of the type and paper i should say that the chances are that the printing was done at a private press in england the type was new and the paper such as is readily obtainable in london all this meant considerable cost upon which the authors of the pamphlet could not hope to recoup themselves inasmuch as they gave it away and did not set a price upon it besides which there was a cost of postage and clerical work so that we had here not only malice and wicked propaganda, but malice and wicked propaganda which were willing to go to great expense, and to run great risks for the expression of themselves. This business, and other similar businesses which have come to my notice, tend to convince me that there are plenty of minor enthusiasts engaged in the canonization of Wilde, and that they lack neither means nor energy i use the phrase minor enthusiast advisedly because i wish to make it clear that i do not suggest that any person named in this book was a party to these letters or anonymous scurrilities. with regard to the first stone itself i have no wish to apologise for it and should not have the slightest objection to accepting the responsibility for it if it were mine to accept but it is not mine nor did i suggest or advise it or have hand or part in its production what happened was this when i obtained through my solicitors a copy of the unpublished parts of de profundis duly authenticated by messrs lewis and lewis i took it without reading it to mr crossland i did this of my own initiative and for my own reasons crossland began to read it in my presence he had not read more than a page or two before he said i am going to read this manuscript to you word for word and i am going to put absolutely flat and straight questions to you even though they hurt or anger you i said you can read away my dear chap and ask me any questions you like i sat there for four solid hours face to face with a man who probably knows more about me and my life and my manner of living it than anybody else in the world and i am free to say that he did not spare me but it is necessary to remember that up to this time crossland had never had any other version of the history and my connection with wilde than my own when he first met me in nineteen o three over the publication of some of my sonnets, we had not talked together three minutes before he plumped me with some sharp questions in regard to myself and Wilde. I was able at once to give him straightforward and convincing answers, and, in good times and bad, from that day to this, he has believed me, as, indeed, he could not help but believe me, and he has always and rightly acted on the assumption that he knew the truth. But i remembered those questions of his and it was partly for this reason namely that i courted all the questions he could devise that i went round to him with the unpublished de profundis here was new material of which neither he nor i had ever had the smallest inkling i knew that it could not be friendly material otherwise it would not have been put up by ransom solicitors yet i placed it unreservedly in the hands of my closest friend a critically minded person of whom it may be said at least that neither friendship nor any other consideration will hold or restrain him where matters of principle are concerned after reading the manuscript crossland went to work of his own accord and within a very few days the first stone was written and printed whatever may be its merits or faults as a piece of writing it is certainly of interest as exhibiting the effect of an honest mind of wilde's stupid and ludicrous outburst i am not concerned either to praise or blame the poem but it will last wilde probably a good deal longer than the unpublished parts of de profundis will last me i had intended to republish the whole poem in this book but as it contains quotations taken direct from the unpublished portion of de profundis i have been reluctantly compelled to abandon my intention End of chapter twenty four